This is an ABC podcast. Hack. G'day, Dave Marchese with you for the Hack Podcast. Look, so many of us are hanging on the World Cup at the moment, cheering on the Socceroos. We're mesmerised by some of the world's greatest athletes committing their lives to being the best. But for most of us, sport has a bit of a different role in our lives. We're not professional athletes. The majority of Aussies play sport probably not because they're dreaming of Olympic gold medals or premierships, but because they want to stay healthy. They want to meet new people, socialise, just feel like you belong. Some big changes have been made over the past few years to make sport more inclusive, to encourage more and more young people to get involved. But rules around testosterone, even at a community level, mean that some non-binary people are missing out on a chance to play. They feel like they're having to choose between their identity and playing the sports they love. In a bit, we're going to get into this with a really well-known sports identity in Australia, Kieran Perkins, former swimmer. He's now the boss of the Australian Sports Commission. But first, Asha Couch has this report from southern Western Australia. Sport is a lot about belonging. Um, When you feel like you belong in a team, like it it does give you a lot of confidence and it, it is a really hard decision. Z Shorsh is facing a huge decision to choose between their passion and their identity. For me to have to be able to go down that path of potentially microdosing testosterone to feel more comfortable and sort of, yeah, achieve some things that I, I want um, would mean that I'd have to stop playing for East Rio, essentially most likely stop playing women's sports altogether. Z loves footy. They play AFL for a women's team at a state level and they also work in the industry. Z's also non-binary, so finding their place in a sport that is very much divided by gender hasn't been easy. And current AFL policies for competitive and community comps are leaving Z in a difficult position. Once I take testosterone, that's pretty much it in terms of being able to play women's sport and and keep playing in the competition that I want to play in. Z wants to undertake gender-affirming hormone therapy, which would involve taking low-dose testosterone. Identifying as a non-binary person, I feel a lot more comfortable presenting myself masculine. Z wants to take testosterone to feel and present more masculine, but there's another reason why athletes would want to take it, to enhance their performance. Studies suggest it helps build muscle mass and has been used as a doping agent among athletes for decades. So it's banned by the World Anti-Doping Agency, and therefore in Aussie sports, to maintain fair competition. So if Z takes testosterone, they'll have to quit playing competitive footy for a women's team. They understand the challenges here with keeping things fair for everyone, but would love to be able to still play at a community level, and they'd feel safest in a women's team. For me, I don't have the same size as as a cis man would. I'd sometimes say I'd probably get crushed in a men's comp. Advocates for inclusive sport say Z's situation represents a particularly exclusive side of policy, one that leaves behind gender-diverse players wanting to take testosterone. When it comes to community Australian rules football, the policies are actually really inclusive. The AFL have set up policies that have been designed to allow everyone into the football space in the competition that they're most comfortable in. But the one exception is for non-binary people who choose to use testosterone as part of the affirming of their identity. And in that capacity, they are often excluded. 
This is Emily Fox from a group called Proud to Play, which works on reducing social isolation, stigma and discrimination of LGBTQIA plus folks in sport and recreation. There are people I know within my community who no longer play sport because of these policies and how they need to affirm their identity and because of that they're no longer allowed to participate and it is heartbreaking. So, if community-level sport is about socialising, belonging and health, not just wins and losses, why can't people like Z join in? Well, a lot of community comps are still run by the bigger organisations that run elite sport. And those organisations have to uphold rules from Sports Integrity Australia and the World Anti-Doping Agency. Every major sporting competition in Australia, or worldwide really, has to comply with ASADA or WADA codes, otherwise they're not eligible for federal government funding. For example, the Western Australia Football Commission owns the state's two top-tier AFL teams, West Coast Eagles and Freo Dockers. But it also runs community competitions. Troy Kirkham from the Commission says they're bound by anti-doping rules, but the conversations are always changing. The AFL and the states work really closely with different organisations in this space and, and looking to make sure that we've got the most inclusive policies that we possibly can be. From, from that point of view, it's definitely something that I think would be on the radar moving forward. Um, how far that away, is away, I'm not sure, but we just want to make sure that the integrity of the competition is maintained while also uh, making sure that we're really inclusive as a game and making sure that anyone that wants to play has, a, has an opportunity to play. Something to note here is that players can apply for a therapeutic use exemption. Sports Integrity Australia says someone wanting to take testosterone for gender affirmation is no more or less likely to be granted an exemption than a cisgendered male applying for medical reasons. But the catch is, they told us a trans male must be competing in a male category so there's no unfair advantage in playing against women who have no or very low levels of testosterone. Emily Fox from Proud to Play says the current rules mean gender diverse people like Z are falling through the cracks. We have to move away about the concept of wins and losses and premierships. It's about the people. It's just being that opportunity to build relationships, build friendships, feel like you're part of something that's bigger than you. And sadly, right now, there is one very small but very significant section of our society that is being robbed of that opportunity and it's really something that does have to change. It would mean the world to Z to be able to be their full self while still being included in a team they felt safe in. We just want to join it. We just want to be included as well and, and get the, the positive impacts that everyone gets out of sport. Hack on Triple J. Asha Couch there with that story. I want to get into this a bit more now, the rules around community sport, who's able to take part. We've got one of the big names in Australian sport with us now, Kieran Perkins, a former Olympian, one of Australia's most recognised swimming champions. He's actually now the CEO of the Australian Sports Commission and he's got a lot to say on inclusivity and the future of sport in Australia. Kieran Perkins, thanks for joining us on Hack. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here. We just heard there are trans non-binary people out there who can't participate in community local sport because of rules around testosterone, other restrictions that are in place for professional competitions. Do you think we need a change here to make community sport more inclusive and accessible? Look, it's a really fascinating um, moment in time because, to be honest, it shouldn't require a change because the guidelines and rules around community participation have been in place for a number of years now. In 2019, the Human Rights Commission, supported by 
ourselves, the Australian Sports Commission and the Competitive Professional Sports of Australia did some work to come up with guidelines for community sport around inclusion. Um, and these lined up to the Sex Discrimination Act and what are the legal requirements of sporting organisations that are trying to navigate this. And these guidelines have been in place. They haven't changed. They're very clear. The law has been in place. The law hasn't changed. And the law is very clear that at a community sporting level, no organisation has the ability to discriminate and, and sport has to be a safe and inclusive place for all people. What we've seen in the industry, of course, is that as the international sporting bodies are starting to um, try to navigate how they manage this, they're bringing in rules for the elite level of sport. And there are community sporting groups which have probably taken that as an indication that they're allowed to adopt those. They're actually not. Elite sport international competition rules do not translate down to or hold any legal basis for enforcement at a community sport level in this country. And so, you know, it, it's really quite distressing to me to hear that you, you, you've got experiences with listeners who have been excluded because of these rules. Those rules aren't lawful. And I would suggest that um, the, the mechanism to allow them to um, uh, challenge that within those community clubs in community sport where they're not finding the support that they, they rightly deserve for inclusion, um, Sport Integrity Australia is, is, is able to, um, to help navigate that. It does seem like the different bodies that we've spoken to say they do want to make changes, but their hands are tied. And they say that these community comps are run by bigger organisations that manage elite sport. They are obliged to, um, you know, follow these rules that, you know, relate to the World Anti-Doping Agency and all the rest of it. So you're saying that's not the case? Not at a community level, it's not, no. Okay. Across sport, there's generally a men's team and a women's team. But as we've heard from some people, the hormones they're taking mean they can't play in the women's comp. It's They're saying it's against the rules. Their size means it's too dangerous to be in the men's comp. Sport at the moment does seem to be so binary. Is that going to have to change in the years ahead? Look, it absolutely is. And again, it's another big piece of work that the commission, the Sports Commission is leading with, with the high-performance elite sports to actually start to build out some guidelines and recommendations how to navigate this. Because again, at law, some of the determinations that have been made internationally, if, if anyone challenged them legally here in Australia, the sports wouldn't wouldn't be able to defend them on a discrimination basis. And so what we, we are working on, and we're working with um, all of our elite sports across the country, as well as um, professional competitive sports, medical professionals, um, members of the LBGTQI plus community uh, and others to help us navigate how do we actually build out the right guidelines and the right support so that we can work out what is the definition of appropriate? How do we decide where, um, you know, somebody who might be transitioning or, or have a different um, genetic and physical makeup can be assessed on the basis of suitability to allow them to actually compete or not in an environment. But again, I've got to reinforce, this is only at the elite competitive level. And the Sex Discrimination Act in this is actually very clear. You cannot discriminate against a community group or against a group of individuals at all. The exclusion rules around um, elite sport are such that at the moment sport needs to, and most sports don't have this, and this is the work that we're trying to do with them, need to be able to define what is the guidelines for where 
inclusion or exclusion would be um, assessed. And then at an individual athlete level, do those assessments to decide on whether or not someone individually is or is not suitable to be able to play and compete in that elite sport. You can't ban a whole group. That's actually against the law. Um, it's, it's against the Discrimination Act. It's got to be at an individual level and understanding that. And this is where I guess for me, you know, your, your question is really quite, again, a concerning one because there is no community sport which should be having a conversation about testosterone levels or having a conversation about physical size and, and um, those sorts of things because there is no right to discrimination built into the system within the guidelines on that. What all of that does mean, though, to your point, is absolutely right. Sport's got an enormous amount of work to do to figure out how we're going to navigate this appropriately to give everybody the comfort that they can play um, appropriately. And there will be some very binary sports which may need to come up with different types of comp competition uh, structures or um, ways of delivering their sport which can help address this specific issue. But as it stands at the moment within the country, I think we also need to help bring people along the journey and educate them around the realities of some of this. You're listening to Hack. I'm Dave Marchese speaking with Kieran Perkins, former Olympic swimming champion, now head of the Australian Sports Commission about inclusivity in sport, community sport in particular. Kieran Perkins, obviously we need to make sure everyone's comfortable when playing sport, including cis women, that it's a safe space. You mentioned that before. Also, we have to have these discussions in a really respectful way. Are you surprised by the commentary on this recently, especially around politics? This issue has been politicised and has become very noisy over the last number of years. When you move into the, the, um, the community at large and talk to people you know, from rainbow communities about their involvement in sport, there has always been issues around discrimination and challenges which are more socially led. But there's also a lot of great examples of people who have for their entire teenage and adult lives played sport as someone from the trans community, as someone from um, the, a non-binary community and their club and their community has either not known or been absolutely accepting and willing to engage them and have them as, as, a, as an important part of the diversity that has grown within um, that club and that club environment. And somewhere along the way, this issue's got politicised and all of a sudden we've got all these people that are running around frightened that there's this wave of individuals who are going to take over sport in an inappropriate way. And there is no evidence and no reasonable argument that actually supports that. It is entirely built off bias and fear. And we need to sort of step back a little bit from that and understand that these are human beings who want to fit into a community and be able to be involved in all of the things that sport provide for individuals like health and wellbeing. It's not about taking over and, and stopping other people from being involved in sport or diminishing their opportunity. And that is, that is a, a hard part of the conversation to face into, but we all need to be responsible to do that. It's definitely a big topic. We appreciate your insight into this. Australian Sports Commission CEO, Aussie sports legend, Kieran Perkins, thanks so much for joining us on Hack. No, it's an absolute pleasure, Dave. Thank you. And I, and I, I, I reinforce with everybody who's concerned about this, there's some great online resources which can help you understand where are some wonderful and open and accepting places to play if you're struggling with that. 
but also know that community sport needs to and should be an open place for all people to enjoy the benefits of. Hack on Triple J. We've got some messages coming through. Somebody says, it's so obvious why you can't have someone benefiting from testosterone, even in local sports. It's dangerous for the other women and unfair. Another person says, it's kind of a ridiculous argument if the competition has a final series and grand final. The goal is to win, therefore it is competitive. If the competition they play in is just for fun, i.e. wins and losses literally do not matter, then go for it. Hack on Triple Jack.